Our reading today begins in Ma- or comes from Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 16. Um, it is April, and so it's a new month, and there are new bookmarks in, your, in the Bibles in front of you, and so if you need one to continue to read along with us, we'd encourage you to jump in. Uh, as a congregation, we read the Bible together, and we'd love for you to join us in reading a chapter every day. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of Mark because we're working our way toward Easter, and we thought reading a gospel on the way to Easter made a lot of sense. So that's what we're doing, um, and we'd love for you to just, just grab one of those, or if there's not one in the Bible in front of you, there are some on the little table with information on your way out the door. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw them, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We've been walking through the Lord's Prayer in this season. We started with these, this question that the disciples asked Jesus. Would you teach us to pray? And we asked, well, what would it look like to ask if Jesus would teach us to pray? And so we've been working our way through the Lord's Prayer. Last week, we went deep into what does it mean to ask for the Father's forgiveness? Um, and just as a reminder, if you all ever, ever want to go back, uh, messages are always available. We, we work in series in this church, so we work on a, a subject for a few weeks or a book of the Bible for a few weeks, and then we move on to something else. You're like, I feel like I missed something. You can always go back to livingwaters.fm and look up some of those messages. Last week, we dug deep into forgiveness, and, and after that, there are these simple words. After we say to God in that Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who forgive us, There are five quick words that show up. Lead us not into temptation. Now, I don't know about you, but this conjures up some some ideas of what this means for me. And a lot of times it's this. Don't lead me into a bad situation. Don't lead me into somewhere where I might get in trouble. And what I remember, and maybe where I learned about this more than anything else, was when I was a fifth grader. I don't know if you remember when you were a fifth grader, but when I was a fifth grader, we had a program in school called DARE, which was Drug Abuse Resistant Education. I know this very well because we studied it and studied it and studied it, and I hate to tell you the stats are probably not that good, but we studied really deeply about what it would mean to just say no. Do you remember these simple words that we learned in DARE, just say no? And what I remember from that is that over and over again, we'd come to school and we'd sit in our little fifth grade classrooms and they would describe scenarios that we would end up in where people would offer us things that we probably shouldn't have, right? You remember this maybe a little bit or if you're in fourth or fifth or sixth grade, you're talking about it. And I remember thinking, this is what God is teaching us to pray about. Don't go to my friend's house when there's no parents there. That's lead us not into temptation. Don't Don't ever go behind the school after school. There's nothing but horrible things in the stories ever happened. It was like, the story always started. We met behind the school, and and we fought, or somebody gave us something we weren't supposed to have, or some sort of dealing was going on. Because apparently teachers didn't know behind the school existed, so we all thought we could get away with everything when we were back there. I I don't really know. But it's a little ridiculous to kind of think through these stories. But I remember over and over again, God, you're telling me not to go places where I might get in trouble. You're telling me not to go there. 
But I don't think this is the whole of what Jesus is saying when he says, pray, lead us not into temptation. You see, I think this is just about as much about who is leading us as where we're going. We're asking this question, who is guiding you? Who is guiding your life? If we say, God, lead us not to temptation, we're making this confession. God, lead us. God, lead us into a place where you are going to do things. But God, we want to follow you. Here's the thing. A worship service lasts one hour, if you're lucky. Only one hour. Sometimes the pastor gets excited and it's an hour and six minutes and everybody goes, oh my goodness. Just kidding. But, um, but, but here's the question. What about the other 167 hours? A week is 168 hours and a service is one. In this room and in this place, it's easy to let God lead us. But who leads the other 167 hours of our lives? Who leads us where we're going? Maybe it's your boss. Your boss has more control over your schedule than anybody else. If you own a business, it is your boss. It is you, and it drags you around wherever it wants you to go because the old joke is um, you, you go out on your own, so instead of working 40 hours for someone else, you can work 80 hours for yourself, right? That's the old simple idea. You kind of you go try to figure these things out. The, but the thing is, maybe it's your boss or maybe it's your work schedule that leads you. Maybe it's family life. Maybe it's something about your spouse or your kids that leads your schedule. Maybe it's your parents. If you're young enough, many of you are led by your parents. Maybe it's you yourself. Maybe you've carved out a life where you lead and you make all the decisions. Or maybe it's not even a person. Maybe it's a thing that leads you. Maybe it's something in your life that means that you have to behave a certain way in order to keep up with this commitment that you've made. Or maybe nothing is leading. You know, sometimes we just sort of drift. Sometimes we're just sort of making our way through life and nothing is really guiding us at all. We just kind of say, well, whatever happens will happen. And if that's happening, or if something is going on where something is leading you or nothing is leading you, we need to ask this question, where is that thing leading us? Because asking is essential. You see, everybody's going somewhere. Everybody's going somewhere. A boat that's put on a lake doesn't sit still. The current takes it somewhere. And everybody's life is going to some point. The question is, who decides? Who decides where that place is that we're going? The disciples had made a decision. These disciples that Jesus was talking to in the story, Jesus has these 12 friends, if you don't know this part of the story, and they are people who follow him around and they're learning from him. And in order to be a disciple, you had to make this decision. We're going to follow Jesus wherever he goes. They had decided Jesus was the one who was going to lead them. At the end of his ministry— he had died. In the story we read, he had died, and he had risen again. And at the very end of it, my guess is that they were concerned. Who are we supposed to follow now that Jesus isn't going to be here? We just sort of—if he went to town, we went to town. If he went there, we went there. It wasn't really that complicated. And these guys are relatively young, more than likely. Um, they're no older than maybe teenagers or young adults. And they're trying to figure out who 
are we going to follow? And so Jesus sits down with them, and he begins to give them a picture of where they're going. Here's what it says. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus is still leading them. Think about it. What he had said before, they must have had some sort of plan where he was like, hey, if something happens and you can't find me, there's this mountain by Galilee. Meet there. It reminds me, did you watch Shawshank Redemption? And they're like, just go to Say Watanao. It'll be great. Just get there and we'll figure out what's going on there. And I, I doubt they walked on the beach like Red and Andy did in that movie. But they were working their way through there. And so it says, let's meet here. Jesus is still leading them even though he's not there. He's given them the instructions to figure out where we're going. But when, they're, when they get there, they have this question. Well, now where do we go? We just followed you around, and you've told us that you're leaving permanently. Where on earth do we go from here? Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Why does that matter? Jesus, no, no, we want to know where you're going. If you could tell us, like, the next meetup point is in um, Jerusalem at 2.30 on Thursday, we'll be there. We have a plan. But Jesus starts with this. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Don't forget. Don't forget, Jesus says. Because up to this point, there's been a huge debate. Who is this guy? Who is he? And what is he all about? And what on earth is he talking about? They're like, maybe he's really smart, but he was just really a good teacher. And they're going, well, maybe he was really, really bright and he knew God personally. And maybe he's just crazy and we're not sure what's going on and he can attract a crowd. We're not sure who he is. But we have this long debate about who Jesus is. Was he just someone who knew the scriptures and was a good preacher? But— the disciples had seen something that had convinced them of something else. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go to a cross, and you're going to put me in a tomb, and three days later, we're going to have fish breakfast on the beach. Like, this is the plan. This is what's going on, because this is what they do. If you've ever read what happens after the crucifixion, it's like, okay, then we all went out for fish breakfast. He didn't go on Friday during Lent. He went on Monday after Easter was over in that season. They're trying to figure out what's going on. But what he's saying is this. If you don't believe that I have authority, watch what I can do. If you don't believe that I can do what I say I'm going to do, if you don't believe that I am who I say I am, I am the Son of God. Watch what I can do. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In essence, what he's saying is, Jesus' words are God's words. If all authority is given to Jesus, then what Jesus says is what God says. You see, here's why this is important. Throughout their lives, the disciples have followed God without seeing him. Throughout their lives, the disciples have followed God's laws and God's commands without ever seeing him, without ever knowing him. They weren't hanging out. They weren't having lunch together. They weren't going to weddings together. They weren't doing any of these things. But they followed anyway. And Jesus is starting to prep them. You're going to need to do the same thing with me. 
You're going to need to do the same thing when I'm God. You're, you're gone. You're not going to see me, but you're going to have to follow me anyway. And so Jesus begins to prep them. He says, keep following. Don't forget, I have the authority, and I'm going to give it to you. And then he adds these words. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is often referred to in the church. It's called the Great Commission. And if you've been a part of life, you know what a commission is. A commission is where we say, this is your job, go away now, right? You get to the end of a conference or the end of a big motivational talk or whatever, and they're like, we're going to commission you to go do the things that we've been teaching you how to do. Jesus looks at his disciples and he gives them a commission. Make disciples, baptize, and talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey. This is what you're supposed to do. If you've been a part of a church, essentially every church's mission boils down to, you know, you should know God and you should follow God and you should reach out with God's love. Ours is knowing God, growing together, and reaching out. Comes from this. This is our job. Let's figure out who God is. Let's follow him. Let's learn about what that means and let's go and tell other people about what's going on. The disciples get a job from Jesus and they take it and run. They take it and they go. If you're wondering how much they run, in the year A.D. 30 or so, somewhere uh, within about two or three years, Jesus tells the disciples, this is what you should do. 400 years later, there are so many Christians that the emperor finally goes, I guess I have to be a Christian too because my whole country is filled with people who are following Jesus. This country that spanned the, glow of the known world at the time becomes so full of Christians that the emperor goes, I guess we're going to be there. This isn't because the emperor said everybody's going to follow. It's because people went with these words. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about how much he loves you. Let me tell you about your forgiveness and your hope and your salvation. Let me show you what it looks like. We'll care for you. We'll bless you. We'll continue to do the things that Jesus taught us to do. The disciples know where they get their marching orders from, and they repeat them to the next generation, who repeats them to the next generation, who repeats them to the next generation. When I, when I was applying to be your pastor, when I was working on my paperwork, they, they require you to write a personal mission statement. I pretty much copied this. I was like, this is what I do. This is what we all do. It's not that complicated. It's not that confusing. Go and make disciples, baptize, and teach. Go and teach people to follow like Jesus taught his disciples to follow over and over and over again. We're asking that God would guide us. We're asking that God would guide us in the mission of following him. But here's where this gets dangerous. If we ask for the Father's guidance, we must be willing to go where he leads. The disciples didn't say, we will follow Jesus as long as it's really nice and we get a cool house in the suburbs. That was not the point. In fact, when Jesus would sit down with them, he would ask these questions, are you ready to go where I'm ready to go? And people would go, yes. And if you've heard the end of the story, you go, no, you don't want to say yes to this. 
This is going to be hard. This is going to be scary. This is going to be difficult because it's going to require you to put your own personality, your own beliefs, your own thoughts about how the world works in front of people. When the disciples ask for the Father's guidance, they commit to being willing to go where he leads, whether it's awesome or whether it's scary. So here's a question. Are we? Can we? Will we? If we're willing to pray these words, lead us not into temptation, and to say to God, we'll go where you lead, are we really ready to go there? I would love to tell you in my life the answer is yes, but it's always yes, but. Yes, but I'm not sure that that's really a good idea. Yes, but I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Yes, but what will people think of me? Yes, but my kids, every time I try to play, pray with them, they turn it into this whole thing where they're grumpy and frustrating, and I don't quite know what to do with it in this season. If you have a middle schooler, that's called normal, just so you know. I have a middle schooler, or an almost middle schooler. I pray, she says, anyway, so don't tell her I said that. She's not here this weekend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The question is this. If God leads us somewhere, are we willing to go? Because it goes back to this question, who is leading our lives? Who is it? This prayer is so pointed. If it's not the Father and his Son who has the authority, then why are we saying these words at all? Why are we willing to say them? You see, praying is meant to move us. Praying is meant to move us. Lead us not into temptation means lead us where you want us to go. Praying is meant to take us somewhere. And it's not just somewhere. It's into a place where we're following where God would lead, where we're going to the places that God would be taking us to, that we're going to people who need to hear good news. That doesn't need to be radical or life-changing, but sometimes it means needing to be aware of who's around you and who's hurting. It means being willing to hear from God through the scriptures when he says sometimes this looks small, sometimes it looks big. Praying is meant to move us toward where God would be leading. And when we see that, we begin to realize that we can start asking God to do things. We start where we started in prayer. We start by asking God to do something in us, to change our character, to be our king. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God, do something in me. We continue by asking God to do something for us, Give us our bread. Give us what we need today. And forgive us for those things that we need to be forgiven for. But prayer ends with these words. God, would you do something through us? Guide us. Take us places. Take us where you would have us to go. You see, prayer doesn't just take us to hidden away places where we all sit quietly by ourselves. You know, you're supposed to go to your prayer closet, which is a great place to go if that's somewhere where you want to be. But prayer takes us back into the world. Prayer takes us back into the situations that God would be using. Prayer sometimes takes us into the fire. Let me ask this question. Where is God leading you? Where is God leading you today? This is the question that I wrestle with all the time. 
And this is the question that's really hard because it's never made clear at the beginning. You don't just sit down the first time and you say, God, where are you leading me? And then a voice comes from the cloud and says, this is where you should go. You know, that's talking to God, being in prayer, talking about these things takes time and effort and learning how to listen. It takes patience and an understanding of what God has done in the past, where we learn, what we learn in Scripture. But as we begin to develop this muscle of praying, as we begin to develop this thing where we continually talk to God, developing our prayers will give you clarity. This is where God might take us. Sometimes it looks like this. It's this word we don't talk about very much. It's called conviction. Conviction is where God says, you've been going this way, but I'm telling you there's something else. It's that thing when you get in church, and like Corey said on Wednesday night when he was up here talking, it's like the pastor was talking right to me. That's conviction. When God shows up and says, I need you to hear from me in this moment. Developing our prayers will give us clarity about where God is leading us. And in the end, Jesus ends with an assurance. This is where we pick this up next week. But Jesus ends with his disciples with this simple assurance. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you're wondering what this looks like and where you go, it's not that big a deal. Hear these words. This is who goes with you. This is who goes with you in your seeking and in your praying. And when you wonder where to go, just remember this. We don't always know exactly where we're going. We don't always know exactly how it will end. We only know who goes with us. And so we follow. We say, let's go with God. Let's go with Jesus. We bow our heads and we pray and we say these words. Lead us not into temptation. All right, would you pray with me? I sort of false started that, so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, man, following you is an adventure. Sometimes I feel like I don't quite know where we're going. But we pray now that you would continue to lead us where you would have us go, that you would lead us not into temptation, but that you would lead us into your goodness and into your life. We pray that you would put us in the places where you would have us serve you, bless others, and be renewed by your love and grace. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and together God's people said, amen. Amen.